Head over to the new championshipwrestlingmemphis.com where you can find brand new superstar t-shirts. Custom matches are on sale now from our women's division. And of course, we are now enrolling for our brand new training center. Get all the rates and info on how you can become a pro wrestler or sports entertainer at championshipwrestlingmemphis.com slash training. episode is brought to you by Spunk Lube. Spunk Lube is the perfect blend of water and silicone. It is an all-purpose personal lubricant that can be used for any occasion. You will love the natural feeling and look of it. It is safe for sensitive skin. Go to spunklube.com and tell them shooting the shiznit sent you. You better tell someone. Tell someone about stspod.com. Tell them now. Call them. Text them. Tell them. Telegram. Send them video messages. Whatever. Tell them. Right Notes, the first book by Twitter influencer Lance Levine. It's a wild ride down a path of musical adventure that recaps many random run-ins with rock royalty, such as U2, Slash, The Ramones, The Goo Goo Dolls, and many more. And all the crazy occurrences that have happened to him that trace back to music. All the Right Notes is 209 pages sure to bring a smile to your face and to remind you how much music has probably touched your life as well. All the right notes available now on Amazon in paperback for $14.99 and on Kindle for all you tech warriors for $9.99. Also at local Chicago bookstores, as well as Rolling Stone Records on Harlem and Irving. If you can't find it, ask for it by name. All the right notes by Lance Levine. And I have been told I could not put it down. I read it all in one day. So order it now and see what all the fuss is about. Be the first to see the brand new Memphis Wrestling Wrestle Center. Our grand opening is Sunday, May 2nd, featuring Memphis legend Jerry Jarrett, courtesy of Pro Shingle. Limited tickets are available now at championshipwrestlingmemphis.com. It's time for the Cool Kids Countdown. Studios in Jonesboro, Arkansas, for 10, 10, 10, 10, 10 takeaways from Mania. Right on, I gotta, brother. I can't work the with those The field's things. annual 
Lance, the fifth annual show. I cannot believe I'm saying that, but this is the fifth annual show. Did I say fifth annual? Fifth yeah. annual show. There's too much I just math. 10, 10, 10, fifth annual. So lots right, of math I got today. this. I got this. I made sure the wife checked it out. So I did really good. So uh, just a real quick reminder, we're doing Rolling Into Mempo every Saturday. I want to thank Brian Thompson, who uh, – I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Rhino BT. Rhino BT. Rhino BT. <laughs> he stuck in and helped out. Uh, JB was actually at Mania. So we may have some video from JB this coming Saturday. And uh, we will have this episode, if you're listening uh, or watching on Facebook, we will actually have it audio by midnight on Wednesday night. Lance, did you have something happen this week? Well, you know, I'm in the Key Lime Kit Kat Studios here in Chicago. Right on, you didn't even right give me on. a chance to talk about that. I've got them right here, Key Lime Kit Kats. I don't know if you've seen them yet. But anyway, uh, yeah, this week was the most recent episode of The Record Store. came out on Monday. It is about uh, the love of my life, Stevie Nicks, on this episode. So that came out Monday. Um, there'll be another one in about roughly two weeks or so. But yeah, check that out on all of your podcast players. What The same way you get this one, download that too. And you'll hear me gush about uh, one of my favorite artists of all time. So thank you again for listening if you already have. If you haven't, what the fuck are you waiting for? Get on. That's right, on. man. One of the one, I, Actually, I told you this. I sent you a message. I think it might be your best episode to date. So very good, very good. You could tell the your love for Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Definitely. All right, tell us what we're doing. So 10, 10, 10. It's That's hard right. to believe this is the fifth one we've done. But 10, 10, 10 started because I didn't like Sean Spears, basically. I thought the the gimmick, you know, he's a good hand, as they say. And I like what they've done with him for the most part in AEW. But I couldn't stand the fucking 10, 10, 10 stuff in, uh, with the fans chanting 10, 10, 10 at him in uh, in WWE. So we started naming our takeaways from WrestleMania, the 10, 10, 10 show, where we're talking about the 10 things that we came away talking about from the show. Not necessarily the best matches or the top 10 matches or however. We're going to obviously talk about matches and quality, but the 10 things that stood out for us about WrestleMania this year. So over spread out over two nights. So we actually agreed on our top five. So six through 10, we're going to alternate like we normally do. Two honorables this time, which were both yours. Uh, talk about Hulk Hogan. What about Hulk Hogan pissed you off? It didn't really piss me off. It was just the idea that they came out there and did the Hall of Fame, which I thought was really cool. Everybody was real cool. And then he kind of he kind of went to uh, business for himself, talking about we should put this title online. And then he was booed. Uh, yeah. So, so the fans are the fans are totally against him because of the stuff he did, and I would never use him. I'm, I wouldn't use him until the, it's you know forgotten, and I don't I don't know if it's going to be forgotten. So, yeah, at his age, it may not be forgotten. So, um, and then your other honorable was the girls mostly disappointed on this show. Yeah, so, I thought the we we'll talk about the number. Yeah, one, we're going to talk about overall. The, I didn't the girls didn't shine for me anywhere, yeah. but even the uh, the Rhea Ripley match was a uh, pan by a bunch of people. Uh, really? I thought it was okay, but they said it wasn't what they expected. So it, it was like, and I noticed something about her that I didn't notice because she's always at NXT is mm -hmm. she's still a little green and you don't notice it at NXT because you know, those girls are working each other all the time at the performance center. 
So there's a difference when you're working somebody day in and day out, or you can go through the match. Mm -hmm. I noticed a little hesitation here and there. And I was like, wait, I never saw that in NXT. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I did. I didn't think the girls and my God, how much plastic surgery are we going to have? You know, what the fuck? Everybody has to have plastic surgery. And I just, wait, who are you talking about? Carmella? You're looking, God, I think everyone (laughs) in that damn. I think Natty might have been the only one that didn't. And, oh, uh, Natty has too. Come on. Yeah. Natty has. Man, it's Natty, Natty's like a G cup. Come on. Natty has. Sw- no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the faces. Facially? Okay. Yeah. Dana well, Brooke. Natty had, oh. after that match, I bet Natty had some facial surgery. Oh, it's just horrible. Because, just horrible. Uh, I hate So, um, and then I only have one honorable really quick before we get into the 10 is that I think we, we, I said, on Saturday, it was thumbs in the middle, and Sunday was thumbs down. And I went back and averaged out my scores for the matches. And believe it or not, it's like a math, you know, it's a weird math thing. But I actually was slightly higher on my scores on night two than night one, which night two to me was a clear thumbs down, whereas night one was at least in the middle. So anyway, we're going to talk about some of the reasons why. So, all right, let's get started. So at number 10, we had Orton and Fiend on night two. So the entrances were longer than the actual freaking match. Um, they put so much production into this, the giant jack-in-the-box, the uh, whatever the hose was on Alexa Bliss's head shooting ink for such a quick nothing match. And why is Randy Orton wearing white? I mean, I'm like, right away, I'm like, uh, is this a baby face turn? What's going on here? And then just a simple distraction, RKO, one, two, three. Uh, um, they're saying, you know, this was a last-minute Vince change that Vince changed the ending at the last minute. Uh, I thought it was a terrible way to start night two. And honestly, the show never recovered from that match because that was, for me, that was one of the worst matches, one and a half stars. And then it led right into Natty and Tamina and Nia and Shayna, which was just a hair better than that. So two god-awful matches in a row. What it looks like it's leading to is a Bliss versus Bray heel feud, which makes zero sense to me too. So Orton and Fiend at number 10. Okay, so Orton and White... Think of Edge. There you go. That's the reason he wore white. Yeah, he he was in support of Edge. So uh, okay. that's just what I was told. Yeah, that he was kind of like, uh, hey, we want Edge to win, kind of thing. Uh, I don't. I got a lot to say, but not really a lot uh, because everyone's shit on this. I like it. I like the whole production part because you know I love shit like this. But then that doesn't live up to anything. Nothing made any sense. Why did Randy beat him? And then mm-hmm. eventually we're going to be told what all <laughs> this is. So we, you know, we're going to know, but, uh, I thought it was a bah start to the, uh, second night. And I don't, yeah. you know, I just felt like everything leveled out. Then you had the girls match and, and the girls match was, and I watched it on demand. I told you, I don't watch anything uh, while mm-hmm. it's happening. Uh, and I fast forward through that match, and that's the only match so I fast forward. I fast it, forward through that during, and it was the <clears> only <throat> match that I did for two nights. So there you go. It was so bad, and I mean, I guess, and you just mentioned it. Why put so much production value into that match and have it be over so quickly? You know, I don't know. I just, it, it's, I fault them for starting that show on the night two with those two matches back to back. So Dude, all right, man, at number. Wait, let me tell you something. Yeah. It was. Minutes from the time night two came on mm-hmm. before they locked up. Because I kept saying, Are they going to ever fucking lock up? Are right. they ever going to fucking lock up? And I, I looked at the clock and it was 16 minutes. So yeah, I go. mean, maybe they had to get it in initially just to get all that 
production and shit at ringside and then get rid of it. But I don't know. It just was a weird, weird timing and weird uh, order of matches for me. So, all right, number nine. Um, this was your biggest disappointment. Big E and Apollo Crews, you said, was your biggest disappointment of the weekend. So it was, the, of course, the famous Nigerian drum fight, which it kept making me think of Daniel Tosh on uh, Tosh.0, where he used to do the segment, Is This Racist? So it, as we've established, nothing offends me. I don't necessarily think it was racist, but I'm sure people are saying that it is. Uh, was basically a weapons match, but using musical instruments like they've done before with Elias and Braun. Um, I actually liked this match a lot. I thought it was too short. My only complaint was it was too short. I gave it three stars. Big E gave us that crazy dive that he does through the ropes, which I love. Uh, Death Valley Driver on the apron, the hardest part of the ring. John McAdams honorary hardest part of the ring onto Big E. Uh, and he also choke slammed onto the steps. So I thought, I'm like, you know what? Let's give Apollo Crews a shot. Give him a heel run as the IC champion. I see it more, not necessarily racist, but I see it more as a foreign menace gimmick. Um, so why were you disappointed? Uh, I enjoyed it. it. So sh- I enjoyed the match, but I thought it was so short. I think because there was such a buildup and we were all, I was real excited about seeing these Two in the ring. I like both of these guys a lot. You know, I've been an Apollo Crews fan fan for a long time before he even came to the WWE. So it's just one of those things where I wanted to see a longer match. We're going to talk about the big guy that debuted and and later on because I got some things to say about that. But uh, just too short for me. And I think Mm -hmm. when I say biggest disappointment, I say I was looking of all the matches, there's some of the matches I was looking forward to, but this was one of them, you know, the main, the two main events I was looking forward to in Cesaro, but this was one I was looking forward to. And I just felt like uh, they shit the bed on it. You know, it was, and people are shitting on him for the accent. I, I'm, it doesn't bother me. I'm like, you know, you hear actors. I think it's stupid, I think it's stupid but I'm not going to I mean, they, if that's what they want him to do, you know, that's, yeah. that's what they want I'm him like, to do. It is. He is foreign born, so there could be some legitimacy to that accent. I don't know. I'm not I don't see the the problem with the accent. Um, like I said, I mean, to me, the only issue it was a it was a grudge match because Apollo has laid him out a couple times now. So it was a grudge match. They really should have started with a lot more fire. And I agree. It could have gone longer for sure. So they could have easily cut some time from some of the other crap that was happening. So. All right. At number eight, uh, we have Drew and Lashley opening night one. So I figured as soon as they said they were going to start the card with Drew and Lashley, that was going to be a Lashley retaining because they're not going to end the mat. They're not going to end the show with them. So they're going to have the heel retain. So I liked it. I thought it was a real good match. Um, I gave it four stars. They seemed really pumped. Um, The fans seemed really pumped because that was the first match that they were seeing. Uh, That was, of course, after the 40 minute rain delay that you didn't have to sit through on night one. Uh, they both worked hard. I thought they meshed really well. You They've sat in the rain? Worked. You sat in the rain? What's that? Did yeah. you sit in the rain? Oh, okay. I sat, yeah, I spritzed myself in my apartment. So <laughs> Drew, I think Drew brings out the best in Lashley. You know, I'm not a big Lashley fan, but I think the match built well. Um, the story was basically Lashley keeping on trying to get the full Nelson on him until he finally got it and Drew passed out. Um, it was a strong push for Lashley. Uh, I, I think Drew is going to need some rehab coming out of this. I think they're going to need to send Drew on a terrorizing, killing bait or t- killing heels, killing like undercard heels to rehabilitate Drew after that. Cause he just literally passed out in the opening match of the card. So I enjoyed it. Like I said, um, I think they're, 
playing with a possible Lashley babyface turn at some point, not tomorrow or anything, but I think that's coming at some point, turning on MVP. Um, and I think this was maybe the very beginnings of it. So Drew and Lashley opening night one at number eight. Good match, good match. I like both of these guys. Uh, I always, I think I've seen this before in in Impact. Uh, I do know. Yeah. I always remember matches with Lashley and Angle. Always got the best matches, and this was Angle at the you know the the cripple Angle. Uh, but he always got the best matches out of Lashley. I thought this might be of this run for big matches. This is easily Lashley's best match. I yeah, mean, sure. Drew got the best out of him they had a really good match both guys look fantastic they look like professional wrestlers mm -hmm. uh and, and and he looks like a champion so i have no problem with them keeping the belt on him but uh i think it made him stronger i yeah. really I, I think drew is is going to be over no matter what and and i don't see them leaving the belt with lassie like you said it'll probably be something with mvp he's going to interfere and then fucks things up and then and then we got Drew as champ again. Yeah, yeah. I think that maybe they build it towards SummerSlam or something, and then Drew gets the big win. Because that's what everybody was talking about going into this, was that, oh, Drew is going to get the big title win in front of the 25,000 fans. You know, Drew finally gets, after the hard work he did last year, he's finally going to get the win. And then as soon as they put the belt on Lashley, and it kind of clicked a little bit right away, I'm like, ah, I don't think they're taking it off Lashley this quickly. I think that is not an interim move. I think it's going to stick with him for a while until, like I said, I think they'll pull the trigger on a, a face turn for Lashley at some point. So, all right, at number seven, your guy, Shane McMahon, at number seven. Um, once they announced that this was going to be a cage match with Braun, you knew it was basically just there to facilitate Shane diving off of something crazy, like he always seems to do at WrestleMania. So um, I – Assumed it would be him getting thrown through the announce table like they've done so many times, but they went with the choke slam off the top of the cage into the ring instead this time to change it up a little bit. So I will say Shane always looks good. Shane gets ready for this every year. He's tan. He's fairly in shape. You know, I mean, they have him dressed, so you can't really tell how in shape he is, but he always looks good. I will say that. Um, I always figure like he does this every year just to get laid, but he's married and he's got kids. So he's not doing this to get laid, but that's how it always comes off to me. Like Shane just says, I'm getting in there cause I want to get the girls. So literally my worst match of the weekend, I had it at one and a quarter. Really? Wow. Yeah. I thought, you know, Shane's punches are famously bad. Um, he was really reckless with that metal sign. I thought he was going to decapitate Braun with that metal sign that he was whipping around. So I, all I'm going to say about Shane is cause I, traditionally pretty much like Shane, but I honestly hope someone tells him no at some point because before it's too late for him, because if he keeps on doing this shit where he's taking these 20 foot crazy bumps and stuff, something bad is going to happen. So Shane McMahon at number seven. Yes. My worst match of the weekend. Well, well, I don't, I don't think I gave it that. I think the worst match would have had to been to me would have had to been either Bray and Orton or the girls match. I just, uh, they were all neck and neck. All yeah, three of those neck and neck. I didn't. I mean, there wasn't much to this match. I knew there was going to be a big bump, so I enjoyed it. So I knew that's what's going to be. What gets me, uh, Lance, is they keep talking about <laughs> Shane's age all the time, and it's our age. So yeah. you're thinking to yourself, <laughs> would I do that bump? Do I want to be? You know, I'm not going to do those bumps. So it's almost like, uh, you know, I, I want to pat him on the back when he goes through. Since he's he's okay and he's yeah. still alive. 
yeah. when he walks through the dressing room, I want to go, man, thanks, man. You did a good job. Thanks I, for showing. But I don't want to see him. I just don't want to keep seeing it because, you know, something bad is going to happen. Yeah, at some point. So I just – and then the whole angle was so weird. Like he kept – you know, his – the whole oh, that thing was, was him, yeah, yeah, him calling Braun stupid and then Braun saying, I'm going to take this match and kill you because I'm standing up for all the stupid people. And I'm, and I'm like, wait, what? How are you going to get behind that as a baby face? Like, yes, I'm stupid. Braun is my guy. You know, that's what that's who he's appealing to. So, all right. At number six, the start of both nights. So the start of both nights just has to make the list as a takeaway. Because the I know you were watching on demand, so you didn't catch it. But night one was a 40-minute rain delay on Saturday. So they went to, like, all these improv promos in the back. They had the fans, like, and you could tell these were improv because some of them were really dreadful and some of them were just like totally off the, you know, off the cuff. So they had told the fans because of the storms that were hitting Tampa to go into the stadium for shelter, for safety. So I don't know what they were thinking going in spring in Florida because the weather is so unpredictable and they were going to be in an outdoor stadium. So the next one's in Dallas, which is enclosed. So they're safe there. The next one after that is L.A., which it rarely rains in L.A., so they should be safe there. But honestly, I think the they'll be in Phoenix and places like that before they're ever back in Florida again, I would imagine, for an outdoor show. So um, I'm wondering, did the cardboard fans get ruined? You know, because they had cardboard fans filling some of the empty seats, so they must have gotten ruined from the rain. So that was night one. Then night two, more storms, but yet they started on time. So whatever problem there was on Saturday wasn't as bad on Sunday. So, but as we talked about, the the problem on night two is starting the show with two terrible matches, two of the worst matches of the whole weekend. And honestly, it killed the momentum of the show for me and for many people, I think. Why not separate those two? Because they dug themselves a hole with those two terrible matches that for me, they never climbed out of in night two. So why not separate those two or start with something else? Start with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens or something. Um, I don't know why they would start with that bad fiend match. It made the Lashley drew call on night one look really good by comparison because you started the show on night one with a really hot, good match and the fans got into it. It helped the momentum of the whole card. So the starts of both nights at number six for us, you know, that was a good thing about me not, uh, not being able to watch it. Like I did. I, I watch everything on demand and, and, and I was going to watch night one, but, um, uh, when I looked at the clock, it was seven thirty, and I was like, yeah. ah, "Here we go!" And I can't rewind it, so I don't want to watch what I missed. I think, I really think the reason, and I don't know. I mean, the reason for the uh, second night starting with uh, Orton and Fiend was just to get them in and out of there. I hate that fucking red light. Oh, it's the <laughs> stupidest thing ever. <laughs> yeah, why did that come back too? On top of everything else, that made it just hard to watch. You know, I hate it. I hate yeah. the red light. People Absolutely complained about it. that when they first did it the first handful of times. So I don't know why. And then they got rid of it for a while, and then they decided to bring it back. So just a really odd pace for that second night. Like I said, they could have inserted anything else. They could have put. If you're going to start, all right, even if you're going to start with that match, because like I said, the production value had to happen first. You all right? So even if they started with that, then they should have gone to like Rhea and Asuka, which was a watchable match or something, instead of that Nia tag match that was just terrible, where uh, Shayna Baszler apparently is uh, challenging Nia for sloppiest worker because she fucked up Natty's face after she knocked out uh, Asuka's tooth a couple months ago. Dude, so, shit happened. 
I, I never look at that unless you're you're just a repeater. Uh, and twice is too much, but you know, Jax is just oh, she's yeah. horrible. So, all right, guys, we're gonna take a quick break, commercial break. Uh, pay our sponsors, and we'll be right back with five, four, ten, ten, three, ten. two, and one, and ten, ten, ten. Jerry Jarrett is coming home to Memphis, courtesy of Pro Shingle, a professional roofing company. Meet the founder of Memphis Wrestling on Sunday, May 2nd. Tickets are available at championshipwrestlingmemphis.com. This episode is brought to you by Spunk Lube. Spunk Lube is the perfect blend of water and silicone. It is an all-purpose personal lubricant that can be used for any occasion. You will love the natural feeling and look of it. It is safe for sensitive skin. Go to spunklube.com and tell them shooting the shiznit sent you. Right Notes, the first book by Twitter influencer Lance Levine. It's a wild ride down a path of musical adventure that recaps many random run-ins with rock royalty, such as U2, Slash, The Ramones, The Goo Goo Dolls, and many more. And all the crazy occurrences that have happened to him that trace back to music. All the Right Notes is 209 pages sure to bring a smile to your face and to remind you how much music has probably touched your life as well. All the right notes available now on Amazon in paperback for $14.99 and on Kindle for all you tech warriors for $9.99. Also at local Chicago bookstores, as well as Rolling Stone Records on Harlem and Irving. If you can't find it, ask for it by name. All the right notes by Lance Levine. And I have been told I could not put it down. I read it all in one day. So order it now and see what all the fuss is about. Be the first to see the brand new Memphis Wrestling Wrestle Center. Our grand opening is Sunday, May 2nd, featuring Memphis legend Jerry Jarrett, courtesy of Pro Shingle. Limited tickets are available now at championshipwrestlingmemphis.com. All right, back from commercial. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Across the screen, if you're watching video, we are going to ask you to subscribe. That's right, Lance. I want you to subscribe, subscribe and it's only $3. $3 Can you month. believe that? $3 a month. Uh, you'll get all the episodes without commercials. And Lance, I noticed something. I'm listening to all my podcasts uh, this week, and, and I've got to the point to where I've just, well, I, we do commercials. We have to. It pays the bills. Uh, but you know, we got, uh, you know, what 500, we got 500 people paying three, $3. We might not even have to do commercial. We'll do That's everything right. on Patreon and, 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 and just throw out the stuff on the regular feed and you wouldn't have to worry about a commercial. Yep. So it's tell your, in your best interest. That's right. Subscribe to the Patreon and you can win prizes too. We're always giving stuff away. Yeah. Huge, so, huge giveaway. There's coming some next coming up month. in May. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, and huge. we just did one last month for that three day weekend giveaway too, with the young bucks, uh, Funko pops. So yeah, there's always stuff to win too. So benefit, do the Patreon. It benefits us and it benefits you guys as well. All right, let's go. Five, All right, four, man. Three, so two, number five, this is where on our, uh, ten, our compiled ten, list. Ten. What was his name in, uh, in WWE? I don't even Ty, remember. Ty Dillinger. 
Ty Dillinger. That's right. That's how memorable that character was. So, all right, this is where we start agreeing on our top five of the uh, WrestleMania weekend. So at number five, we had the performances of the big guys. So we had Omas, Omos, almost, whatever the fuck they want to call him in this min- minute, and Dabakato. So Omas was immobile, just immobile. This guy was like the great Kali immobile. So oh, he did I disagree. I disagree. He did nothing with AJ yeah. and New Day. So honestly, I thought forty nine year old. I thought forty nine year old Shaq did better than this guy. So Ooh. the match. The match. All right, let me get. Get my my get me get my shit in, as you people in wrestling like to say. So the match was passable because I think the other three, AJ, obviously, we knew going into it, AJ was going to be a bump machine in that match, and New Day worked hard. So the story was basically New Day keeping AJ in the ring, keeping him from tagging in, and then he, when he finally got in, kind of a babyface spot, but when he finally got in, he destroyed Woods and Kofi. Um, and then they won the tag title. So I gave it two and a half because I thought the other three guys worked really hard. Omas did nothing for me. So, oh. and then secondly was Dabakato on the second night. People in our group that night, people were like, who's that guy? And a lot of people were like, who's that guy? I'm no like, one watches that- a show like you do, Lance. No I guess. one watches so, it every week. Yeah. Well, yeah, the yeah. thing was, he was on Raw Underground and not all that long what was ago. was that? Raw Underground. I know exactly. That was last year. It was roughly, I don't know, a year, a little over a year ago, maybe. So that wasn't all that long ago. And then they've already repackaged him as whatever he's going to be, a Nigerian general or something with Apollo Crews. So I think that was the only thing is the quick turnaround on the repackaging. So I'm willing to give him a chance because he at least tried harder here. I thought he did much. He did a lot more stuff than Omos did. Um, and I'll say, let's see what they do with this faction. I'm okay. I Jury's out for me on Dabakato and the work he's going to do with uh, Apollo Crews coming up. So I thumbs in the middle on him, thumbs down big time. I don't, I don't see I don't see where you see that at. Do you not know that he did exactly what he was supposed to do? He did, but he was like immobile. That, he that's barely what he was move. supposed to do. They didn't want him to. That's exactly what the big guy should have done. It reminded but, me if you would, if you go back and watch that, you mentioned something in which you said it's kind of like a baby face. Go back and watch that match, guys. You want to see reverse psychology? <laughs> it was, it, it was all, it was all New Day getting heat. Mm-hmm. New Day baby faces. Getting heat on the hill, AJ Styles, AJ AJ makes a hot tag. Even their reaction, you see their reaction. It was going oh oh," like that. That was that was uh, what the hill does, and and I liked what they did with him. Uh, Here's the the point I want to make about both of those guys was that it goes back to the old WWE. Big is better. I want you to look at that. Look at those, the finish of the one match and see him. And you got two guys that been in the WWE for a long time with New Day. And all he can do is throw them around all over the place because if they're that big and and the other guys are that small, the big guys are going to win no matter what. And I I was like, oh, you you always go back Mm -hmm. to that. You always go back to that old philosophy. Vince thinks he sees those guys and gets a – Vince gets a heart on every time he sees a guy that big, and 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 I I mean I like the big guys. Don't get me wrong, but there's a place for them, and it may you know maybe against each other. I don't know. I have no problem with what they're doing with Apollo Cruz. He's getting a push. I want to yeah. see what they're going to do with this big guy. But if he's just going to come in and beat everyone, Apollo's wrestles. I don't like it. Big yeah. is not always better, guys. 
He's the the heater for uh, Apollo Crews, basically. Right, right, so, right, right. But I mean, I think that he I don't know. He showed more in the in the raw underground stuff. He showed a little bit there. He really wasn't in that even all that much, but he showed a little bit there. But I'm willing, like I said, I'm willing to see what they do with him because I think it'll be an interesting act. And I'm perfectly fine with Foreign Menace, although that it may be not racist, but I'm sure that there's going to be some complaints about that, too, because, oh, we can't portray foreign wrestlers in a negative light, you know. So anyway, so the big guys at number five. So, all right, number four, Sheamus and Cesaro pushes. So crowd was really into Cesaro night one. And it's a shame because Seth is just so ice cold. Um, the gimmick was basically and they scrambled to put this gimmick together really quickly to promote a, a match at WrestleMania. But the gimmick was, can he swing Seth? Can he get Seth in the big swing? Not only did he swing him, he swung him twice and he still got the pin. I'm like, wait, this is I'm like, I'm, to me, it was obvious that Seth was going to get the win, but Sheamus or uh, Cesaro rather would get the comeuppance because he would get the swing. Cause that was what it was all built on. So I gave that one three and a quarter. And like I said, it's a shame that Seth is so lost because he's so good in the ring and he's just, he comes across as such a dick on social media, and then they've just putzed around with his character for so long that it's too bad. I want to see how long they will push Cesaro, because it was a good win for him, for sure. He looked good. The crowd was into it. Let's see if they actually go through with it. So, And then as far as Sheamus, the bar, basically, the bar got the big push at WrestleMania. He got the win over Riddle for the U.S. title, which was, to me, also a huge surprise. Um, I think that it was a it's been a big comeback year for Sheamus. Um, he's he was so good in the stuff with Drew McIntyre. I know you didn't watch Raw and you didn't see a lot of it. No, I went back was, and watched those matches. Yeah, you so are you just so good with so, that stuff. Just yeah, so yeah. physical and their chemistry was so good. I think that this title win for Sheamus was his reward for working so hard. And then plus he busted open that dipshit riddle's mouth. Uh, and then Riddle got beaten up more last night on Raw by Lashley. So it's a win-win for me as far as Riddle goes. So I actually, believe it or not, I had both of those matches at three and a quarter. So I really enjoyed the Sheamus and Cesaro matches and the pushes that they got at WrestleMania. I agree 100%. I like the push. I like uh, Sheamus. I've always liked Sheamus, but he's always been kind of on the back burner for, for a little bit, yeah. but he always goes out there, has a good match. Uh, he he got in that uh, stage of just going out there and doing what you got to do. Just being and, a and guy. You, yeah, you got to be like that sometimes. Uh, I love them as a tag team. Uh, Cesaro is a hell of a talent. I hope they give him yeah. the uh, the push that they can give him. I thought that match was well put together. Rollins is such, like you said, he's such so a good, good worker. But yeah, he's just, like I said, he comes across as such a dick, you know. And then, we talked about this in Cool Kids, by the way. That'll be in the notes of the audio. But we talked about this in Cool Kids as uh, Rollins is so corny in the sense that you think he probably says. If he ever met Osprey or ever met anybody he talks about, he go, "Oh man, I, it was just on Twitter. I was yeah. just kidding." So it that's the work. way he, yeah, it was a work. That's the way it comes off, and I don't like that. I never have liked that, and I sure don't yeah. like it. But yeah, go, big thumbs up but, for those two. Pushes. But bottom line, the character work that they've had him doing has been so bad for the last man. I feel like two years now. I it's don't just know. Been no, so I love the stuff with Ray Mysterio. I loved all that, that. Was stuff. that was one of the only things that worked, and that's probably because of you know you got a professional like Ray. You're working with so all right number three. Oh wait Our, wait 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 oh. you know what time you know what time it is no i don't Man, tell me it's time for manscape hey you yeah you lance you lance p3 radio guys are still listening you got bush 
Oh, man, that's vulgar. You definitely do if you haven't tried the best products from our sponsor today, Manscaped. After using these life-changing products, you're going to want to join a ball sack beauty contest. That's right. I'm looking out for you, too, because I also have an exclusive 20% off discount. Use code STSPOD at manscaped.com. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. Do you want me to show you? Let me show no, you how no, I use the perfect no. package turn 3.0. Off, turn off Facebook. No. The perfect package 3.0 kit comes with a lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer. God, we both loved that, didn't we, Lance? Those they're pretty awesome. Pretty no awesome. comment. Not, not uh, together, we the, sure didn't. No. We didn't do it together. together. I'm just saying. This is the best trimmer to help you trim up the hedges. That's right. This trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin-safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When you trim the hedges, the tree stands taller. It does look bigger, Lance. It does look bigger. And so they say. So inside the perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, making sure your balls are smelling majestic before that Tinder date, you know, swipe up, swipe up, swipe down, whatever the hell it is. So you'll also find the Crop Reviver Ball Toner, a spray-on testy toner that's designed to make your balls smell irresistible. I know you're a big irresistible ball guy. So be sure to add their refined cologne to your arsenal. And I that is my favorite product of theirs. The refined cologne is amazing. So with the perfect package or the performance package purchase, you get two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value, and a patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped boxers, which I may or may not be wearing right now. So you get 20% off and free shipping with the code STSPOD at manscaped.com. Of course, that's manscaped, past tense, dot com. Do yourself a favor. Always use the right tools for your bush trimming experience. That's right. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code STSPOD at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping. STS pod it's 2021 and you still got bush change that with and, manscaped Woo! and there's right. another special code you can use to get bt to come help you man no 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 that's a we, special special oh code. that's so a really can, under yeah. the table code okay yeah yeah we can't so all right that, so. <laughs> Back with the show. Uh, join us on videos, guy, on Facebook and Twitter because uh, that's kind of funny. Lance, that's... let's get three, two, one, buddy. Come on, let's get it done. I think that's your co-host on Rolling Into Memphis. No, because he has his sunglasses. So, all right. Anyway, if you're not watching us, then you're missing out on the sight gags that we do. So, all right, at number three, since I screwed up the count this time, I took over the mantle of that one. So, at number three, we have our celebrity uh, appearances, as it were. We have Baboni and Logan Paul. So, first off, who the fuck cares about Logan Paul? They talk about billions of views on YouTube and whoever the fuck this guy is on Instagram. But he's such a nothing. I didn't care anything about him. It didn't get a pop or anything. It was pretty much obvious that he was going to be turning on Zane because Zane was sucking up to him so much inside with Kevin Owens. And then it, it ended well where Kevin Owens still popped him and knocked him out too. Uh, but I just, Logan Paul, I don't know what they thought getting in bed with that guy, that, that he's a big star or something. I don't know. Maybe not our generation. Bad Bunny, I will say this. Um, uh, the people are saying best celebrity at Mania ever. 
I'd say let's hold off on the coronation on that one. So I tried looking it up to see because I'm like, wait, didn't we do a show on this? And what we did was the weirdest celebrities at WrestleMania. We didn't do the best. So when I was looking through the list of all the ones that I thought were good in the past, the only names that I got were Snooki and Maria Menounos. And I'm like, all right, well, so he doesn't have too much competition as far as the best celebrities. So what I'll say is he tried hard. He was led very well by Miz. I thought Miz and Morrison did a good job putting it all together. He did not embarrass himself. I'm not a fan of this guy, as you know. He didn't embarrass himself. I thought he he uh, you know ap- accounted for himself pretty well overall. But let's hold off on the Rookie of the Year nomination. So if you want to see great celebrity wrestling, it would be D'Angelo Williams when he was in TNA a couple years ago. Maybe Stephen Amell was another one, too, at, at AEW. Um, I gave it two and a half. I thought he accounted for himself pretty well. He was not an embarrassment. He didn't screw up the match, so he did fine. As much as I disliked the guy, I thought he held up his own his end. But again, let's hold off on the coronation on Bad Bunny. I I just got a serious question. Why do you miss? Why do you not like the guy? What do you? I just think the music sucks. Bottom line. <laughs> so you don't like him. Yeah. So I in think, other words, you don't get like, out of my wrestling. You don't get out like of my rap wrestling. music, so it's well, it's not really rap some- per se. It's not really yeah. rap per se, but it's just. All right, I, I, let me just say something about that match. I think, but I, I will say I can be objective. Like I said, I think the music sucks. It would be like if you brought in Taylor Swift. I think her music sucks too. You bring in Taylor Swift, and she did okay in a match with I don't know uh, Sasha or something. Then I'd be able to say Taylor Swift did an okay job. She held up her end. So I'll say about him that he held up his end. He did fine. He but didn't embarrass to, himself. You have to always say, well, he did a real good job, but I hate this guy. Well, that, I'm, just showing, I'm that? just showing that I can be objective. That's all. I'm just I don't, don't want well, to shit don't... on the performance because the performance was okay. Yeah, I'm going to be objective too. I don't really like his music either. All right. So I don't hate him by any means, hate this guy, but I don't like it. Logan Paul came off as a douche. Yeah. And I think that's because he is a. Uh, uh, you know, we're streamers too, but he's one of those kids that uh, is making a living uh, sitting at home on YouTube. And for some reason, they, they, a lot of them, not all of them, don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, uh, uh, a lot of them come off real douchey. Like they are superstars. And mm-hmm. by them making, uh, being able to come to Mania and do what he did, then rest, then what the WWE saying, he's a superstar. Here's the deal with Bad Bunny that I really, as a promoter, so I'm going to, I'm going to take it back and I'm not going to be a fan because, like I said, I'm not a fan of his music either. Uh, I thought his match was way better than I ever expected it to Mm be. I, you know, this will probably be his only match for a long time. Uh, apparently he spent time going through the match. And so at the performance center did a good job. I thought they did a fantastic job with him and Damian priest, but get Mm -hmm. this Lance on Friday. I mean, on Saturday, the Google searches. Now this means something guys, this is a big deal. So this is a difference than Logan Paul and bad bunny. Cause bad bunny is very popular has sold mm-hmm. a gazillion records. Well, not records, but uh, downloads. Down- downloads. Yeah. <laughs> I still say records. I don't care, but who do you think the two most searched wrestlers are people on that show? The two most for Saturday was. For Saturday, it was well, Bad Bunny for sure. The fact that you're asking the question. Who else? Who else? Um, I mean, I would say, was it Bianca? Man, you're close, but get this: 
Bad Bunny and Dwayne the Rock Johnson were double the the actual exposure that Bill I can't even say her name. Bianca and Sasha did. Double their Why Dwayne Johnson? I have no idea. But Bad Bunny was a big deal, and I guess people thought maybe uh Dwayne Johnson was coming back or The Rock hmm. was going to be there. Just really weird. Just really weird. So Even if Dwayne Johnson was going to be there, he'd be there on Sunday when it was the Roman match. You know? I don't so know. I, People were weird. Searching. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Bad Bunny means, meant something to the oh, crowd. Oh, yeah, for also, sure. And I mean, about the T-shirt sales, we talked about that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where maybe in the group, but the T-shirt sales also were a big deal. And people were going, well, why is everybody – that shows you the audience. Like, yeah. it's it's really – it's the people that watch wrestling for WWE and buying merch is not me or you. So, it's, I mean, yeah. I only buy I mean, when they're on sale. So there It go. was obvious that why they wanted to work with him, right, right, why they right. wanted to work with Logan Paul, for that matter. You know, completely different markets, for sure, for the two of them. <laughs> I, I don't understand the Logan Paul thing either, because the guy is hugely popular with a certain contingent of people, not with us, you know. But, yeah, like you said, the annoying frat boy kind of gimmick with him. Just get off my fucking TV. With Bad Bunny appealing to you know obviously more of a latin crowd younger for sure so i can obviously understand why they wanted to work with both of them so anyway bad bunny like i said he did well for what he was supposed to do so good for him so all right at number two now we're going to get to the top two matches um so number two we have roman daniel and edge on night two so honestly both nights the main event had big fight feel for me i mean watching them both live they both came across big fight feel uh, Edge cheered huge when he comes out. Um, heel turn for Edge was just such a bad call. I still don't get that at all, just because Vince thinks he looks old. He, he is old. Yes, he looks old because he is old. He's been through hell. So, um, But Edge kept up. I thought Edge had nothing to be ashamed of in that match. I thought he came across really well. Lots of smoke and mirrors in that match, obviously. The Uso interference constantly that some people – people that were criticizing that match were criticizing the Uso interference as much as anything else. So I thought good Mac, good action all throughout the whole match. They all worked hard and really a, a statement win for your tribal chief in pinning both guys, you know, loved and loved laying both loved guys on top finish, of each yes. other and pinning edge and Daniel Bryan. I thought, you know, what was nice for this match for me was the fact that we had no idea what was going to happen. You know, like right. so many You're times, right. like yeah. honestly, in the other match we're going to talk about, I pretty much kind of knew what was going to yeah, happen. Yeah, we knew the end of the story, in, but we didn't in, know the end of the story. on, on Right. In this night. one, yeah. I didn't know where they were going to go with it. I honestly, after the promos that they did on SmackDown on Friday, Daniel had me thinking he was going to win because his promo was so damn yeah. good on Friday. So yeah. honestly, I thought going into it, I thought if you held a gun to my head, I would have said Edge pins Daniel for the title. And Roman is not pinned at least, so he saves face that way. So I enjoyed the fact that we had no idea. It was a main event on a WrestleMania, and we had no clue what was going to happen. So I gave it four and a half. For me, it was the best match of the weekend. Um, so the the main event on Sunday at number two. Exactly what I'll say. We were perfect with that because uh, I gave it four and a half. Also, I loved the match, the way it was put together. Uh, triple threats are different than other matches in the sense that you got to try to put two guys in the ring and do something with the other guys. As we say in the shit business, can. shit can yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, but then you got to have – you also, since it is a triple threat, you do have to have spots for three people. I had one of my guys um, – 
on the uh, on my Facebook today, and I hate it that I can't remember who it was, but it was one of my wrestling guys actually watched the match again, and he said that Edge only bumps six times in this match. So I'm going to go right. back and watch it. I'm going to have yeah. to go back and watch it now. So if so, think about that, guys. Think about everything and how good that match was and how you can put things. Uh, Edge is so smart, so he's one of the mm-hmm. one of the best we've ever seen in the ring probably. And, but just a real good match, uh, a lot of twists and turns. I love the finish. Absolutely love yeah. the finish. But I was like, you best match of the weekend. Uh, and I like all three of those guys a lot. So, all right, yeah. number it'll, one. It'll be interesting to see where they go with Edge and with Daniel after that. You know, because like I said, that was an enormous like put over of uh, of Roman on that one. So I thought that was like a, a big F you to the, the Roman haters out there. So, all right. At number one, there's nothing else that it could have been. The most memorable moment coming out of the shows was the Bianca and Sasha match. So the Roman match, like I said, my highest grade in terms of a wrestling match. But this was the moment of the weekend, the most memorable thing. And when we talk about WrestleMania moments, this is the one that people are going to look back on for this show. Uh, Bianca literally sobbing at the beginning of the match. That got me. And in terms of being a wrestling fan, and we talk about those moments that we want to just go back to being fans and appreciate and enjoy the shows, Bianca holding back tears and Sasha basically having to reel her in and get it going, you know, and get the match started. It was so endearing. I think that Bianca is going to be such a great baby face. So the bill for this has just been so good since the fall, her winning the rumble, um, everything about it, just leading up to this, it, it had to be this as the main event. It had to be this finish. It was a great feel good, um, uh, finish for the show. Uh, really good hard work from both of them. The braid used for this in the submission hold, I thought was really creative. The braid being whipped on Sasha, and then you see the scar on her stomach after she got whipped with the braid. Um, Sasha just perfect. I don't think Sasha's getting enough credit for this. Everybody's looking at Bianca and the fact that she won and this was her coronation. I think Sasha should get a shit ton of credit too, being such a good subtle heel in this to be the perfect foil for Bianca in this match. So honestly, and I've said it before, I think Bianca has that Cena white meat baby face potential to be that big of a star. If they play their cards right with her and they don't fuck it up, I think that Bianca could be that star. So I had this one at four and a quarter. Um, just in terms of a wrestling match, just the other match was just a slight bit better, but in terms of a memorable moment, it has to be number one. I I like it because I also like this part of wrestling so much in the story with the end and the drama, the whole nine yards. That's why yeah. I watch wrestling. I'm 54 years old. Did you, uh, I don't know if you know, you're going to have somebody say this to you when you tell me you're a wrestling fan, you know, that's fake, right? <laughs> uh, but this is the kind of stuff as a wrestling fan that you hope happens. Uh, yeah. I hate the hair. I'm just not a fan of that. But uh, it sets up for a hair stuff. match five years from now. It but, sets up yeah, for a hair yeah, match where she gets promoter, it chopped off. Yeah, yeah. As a promoter, so. I could use that. I really could. Yeah. Uh, I like the storyline. I thought the match, but you were right about something. We knew we didn't know who was going to win on the uh, second night. Uh, we knew who was going to win, even at the very front with both of them crying. Uh, I seen this. Um, I seen this match in all kind. I'm on all kinds of wrestling groups. I seen someone say, "Oh, three and a half at the most." Disappointing oh, may have been. On. I was like, "Wait, what?" I I mean, you got you said something. We were talking about. Well, maybe they didn't. They don't watch it on a regular basis. That 
All you had to do is watch the clip before. Yeah. But it's the whole story. This was the Kofi moment. This was, mm -hmm. and here's yeah. something that pissed me off majorly is you've got all these people that preach we should have equality and the girls should be main event and, and, and black people should have opportunity. But then they shit on this for them putting <laughs> two black girls in the main event because that's all that was just a token. No, it was a fucking main event at WrestleMania. Give yeah. them a chance. You cannot bitch about both. You can't say, well, they gave yeah. us the opportunity. They gave them the opportunity, but they only gave them because of this. You can't, you can't shit on WWE for that. No, Fantastic. I mean, you can't have it both ways. You know, yeah, they yeah. they they finally did it, and these two girls earned it. Bottom line, oh, these yeah, two yeah, girls yeah. earned that title and that main event spot. I remember saying this, you know, six months ago. Give me Sasha and Bianca. This was even before the Rumble and everything. I said, give me Sasha and Bianca and let them headline WrestleMania. I remember saying that last fall because I could see the potential in, in uh, Bianca. And I've always been a Sasha fan, whether she's gorgeous or not. That's beside the point. She's a hell of a worker, you know, and putting these two, that was magic. That that was like, you know, when we look back on various WrestleManias and we remember, you know, Sean and Razor Ramon in the ladder match and Brett and Owen, this is that moment that's going to stick with us you know, in the pantheon of moments that we've gotten from WrestleMania. Well, it, so. was, it was the WrestleMania moment for this, for this uh, weekend. It really was. It was one yeah. of those that where you, as a wrestling fan, you could say, Hey, that was pretty damn good. They actually went through with the storyline. Did, yep. did the finish as they, as they should have kind of thing. All yep. right, guys, same bad time, same bad channel on the best little wrestling podcast in the business. Be there. And as everyone knows, I love my mama. And as everyone knows, I love Mr. Mellon. And I have fun everywhere I go. Yeah, him. I love him in a way, in a weird way. It's twisted. And I have fun everywhere I go. You know that. Did you enjoy that episode? Cash App us. That's right. Dollar sign B T S T S. Cash App us $1, $2. If you cash app us over $12, I'll give you one year of Patreon for free. Graphic design is very important. Your logo is the first image potential customers see. What kind of impression would you want to make today? Need a podcast logo or a t-shirt design? KT does art. Her name has become synonymous with quality and professionalism in the graphic design community. She specializes in graphic design, painting, and more. She provides affordable commissions and professional quality with a timely delivery. Contact KT via email at KT underscore does art at yahoo.com. Check out her Instagram at Instagram.com slash KT underscore does art. Hey, that was another great episode of Shooting the Shiznit. We're currently looking for contestants for who wants to be the best Shiznitter ever championship 2021. A shout out to our sponsors this month. And also we have Patreon or at www.patreon.com slash Shooting the Shiznit without a G. A big thank you and a shout out to Bob McGee at Pro Wrestling, Between the Sheets, and Gene Jackson at LocalsToLegends.com. You can reach us on Twitter at ComicBookMarkBT, Instagram BT Shooting the Shiznit without a G, Facebook Shooting the Shiznit with a G, and we're also at Cool Kids Wrestling and MMA Talk. You gotta ask to get in. If we don't like you, we'll kick you out. That's right. And you can get all the archives to all the episodes at www.stspod.club.
All right, let's do a roll call of my favorite podcast. So, my favorite non wrestling podcast would be Who's Right Podcast, Po Boys Podcast, The Official Podcast, Man Brain Podcast, I'm Fat Podcast, and my buddies over there, Richard Josh at P3 Radio. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. And remember, keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars.